Welcome to Love Uncensored, the modern guide to dating and relationships. I'm your host, Nicole Colantoni, a dating and relationship coach. And each week, along with special guests who aren't afraid to speak their minds, we challenge norms and expectations in love and relationships. From childhood trauma to sex, we explore the uncomfortable and unspoken, providing valuable insight and actionable advice for building healthier relationships. Join us for candid conversations about all things love, whether you're single, in a relationship, or somewhere in between. Okay, Bella, welcome to Love Uncensored. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So am I. Okay, so I have been known to do really long introductions. So today nice. I'm going to get you to introduce yourself. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so hello, my name is, <laughs> my name is Bella. Um, I met Nicole about a year and a bit ago. Mm-hmm. At the same time, actually, she was meeting her current boyfriend, Nick, who is actually my old boss. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Nick. Shout out to Nick. <laughs> Love you, Hudson. <laughs> and um, yeah, so met Nicole through obviously her partner. Recently graduated from university two years ago. I studied a pre-medicine degree. So I'm very interested in all things science, but at the same time, I'm very creative. So I'm like in the industry of fashion. I've previously been working at a fashion job. Um, I'm signed with a modeling agency. I do a lot of social media work. So I think there's like those two parts of me are a big part of my life, science and art. And in terms of upbringing, I grew up in Wollongong. So about an hour and a half from here, beautiful little town. And then I was lucky enough to go to high school in Europe. So I have friends kind of scattered all over the world. And I think that's definitely framed kind of who I am and being open-minded. It was like, yeah, a huge gift that I recommend to anyone living overseas, but I was lucky enough to do it with my family. We've actually never spoken about that. We haven't, no. How come your whole family moved to Spain? So my younger brothers are professional football players. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. So they got the call, my dad got the call one night. Stop. Yeah, that they um, wanted to get signed and my dad hung out because it was a prank call. (laughs) (laughs) How do I not know this story, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my brothers were nine and 11. So dad was like, you're all right, mate, and hung up. And then this guy called back. He's like, no, I'm, I'm an agent for Barcelona. Like I've been, I've seen photos of videos of your boys. Um, I'd really like to trial them here. Um, I can put up accommodation just if you bring them over. At nine and 11. And 11, yeah. So they were killing it here for their age. And obviously like a lot of scouts had noticed that and sent that to their agent in Spain. And um, they ended up going and I finessed my way into attending that trip at, as a holiday. I so finessed my way. I finessed my way. I was like, dad, wouldn't this be like so good for me at my age to come? And he was like, you're full of crap. But anyway, yeah, you can come. And I was like, slay, cool. You've been so hustling since you were a teenager. I've been hustling, right? I, I was doing it. the most, yes. <laughs> so very lucky for me, I got to go watch them trial and they they wanted to sign the boys. So for about two years, dad would and the boys would do like you know, six months away from us and visit for two weeks and another six months away from us and visit for two weeks. And my parents are together. I'm the eldest of four kids. So it's me, the two boys and a little girl, my little sister. And my mum said, okay, you know, this is ridiculous. We all go, we all stay. We can't keep splitting up the family. Love that. So um, they decided to all go. So yeah, my my mum's full-time job is raising us, but dad had a job here in television and he quit everything. In television? My dad's in television, yes. I also did not know that. He's a television producer, true Stop. crime. Stop. Oh, my god! Shout out to the Missing Podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so you were made to be in front of the camera. Well, my dad was a, the reporter on 60 Minutes. Like really? The face, yeah, like, welcome to 60 Minutes. Yeah, so, yeah, he's always into television, very well-spoken, incredibly good at, he's a writer, he's written a book. What book? Um, it's called Cop It Sweet. So it's all about time in the cops, about like the Abrahams and Oh my god. He was a detective in King's Cross. Stop. Yeah. Okay, we need to have the entire family on the podcast. Oh, they would Literally. love nothing more. That's the background. Yeah. yeah. Grew up in Spain for football. Yeah. yeah. And what was that like? It was the best thing that has ever happened to me. Really? It was, yeah, seriously, it was the it was the best few years of my life. I was really hesitant moving. I went I just recently moved from an all-girls school in Wollongong to a like a private school to a co-ed private school and I loved it I loved my new school I was thriving I had a beautiful group of friends so when my parents wanted to go as exciting as it was I was thinking like respectfully no because I'm really happy here and I don't know why we'd leave even though you hustled and negotiated your way there for the holiday oh my god for the holiday yeah 
yeah, for, okay. for while they trialed for the three weeks. Oh, so but when it came to moving, moving you were like, like, okay, oh, this was all well and good when it was a holiday, but yeah, I don't really leave. Okay. And how old were you when they wanted you to move? Fourteen. Yeah, that's like a pivotal, like when you're in with your friend, friend yeah. oh. you know, yeah, like okay, it was yeah. just, it's like my whole life set up here. Yeah, you, know, you were 14, like, I thought I did, you planned the wedding, you I were like, I was planning yeah. the wedding, exactly. yeah, I knew how many kids I wanted, so yeah. yeah, you know, I didn't want to give that up. Right. But anyway, Kay ended up coming around to it and it was funny enough, a year later, when my parents decided to come back, all us four kids, despite, not the boys, but us being a bit hesitant to move there, we all four of us cried and begged to stay in Spain. Oh, but did you end we up moving? We all fell in love with that. No, my parents let me stay there alone. So I went to high school from 16 to 18 alone. I lived by myself. You're joking. Yeah. So 16, I've moved out of home at 16. Yeah. You stayed there between the ages of 16 and 18 by yourself so in I a foreign school, country. Yeah. And I'd like do my groceries and come home and cook and clean. Do, I just lived by myself. Yeah. Because it wasn't a boarding school. So my parents you finished school. Oh my but God. But all by myself. My final exams were all done alone. Yeah. And you think that that was good? It was, made me grow up so quickly. Yeah. My parents didn't want me to do that. Mind yeah. you, I begged them. Because from my perspective, it was that, you know, my school here was expensive. My school there was expensive. But you couldn't even compare it. Like here, you know, Maya went to like, you know, excursions at like Taronga Zoo where my ski week there was in Switzerland and our soccer tournaments were in New York City. Like it was like, it was a really cool, it was an international school. And I got to school, go to school with like Shakira's children. Stop. I used to see Shakira at school. Stop. (laughs) Oh my God. How have you not told me I know. (laughs) I know. It's a whole thing. Every time I speak to you, there's another wild story. There's another wild story. That's crazy. Either traumatic or fun. but (laughs) Yeah. Nothing in between. No, no. So what made you come home? So I, because I loved it so much and because I loved being a kid there so much, I thought when I have kids, I want them to have this experience and I want them to be here. Um, So I know that I, for a fact, I was like, I'm always going to end up back there. I'm going to have kids there. I'm going to have my family there. Um, so if it means I just come back and spend a few more years with my family before I make the move back, one, and two, obviously better money here, better mm. to set up a career here and then have that move back there. So there were like two boxes to be ticked and like two positives to come back here first for a few years and then go back. So I decided to do that and I thought I'd do my undergrad. So I did the medical and science degree and then as soon as I'd finished, I'd move back. But then I got the job at, you know, Nick's company and... Ah. Um, and I thought I'd just have a year off working and then go to med school. But then I, I just loved working and yeah. I loved being in the industry. And I felt like whilst medicine and my dental placements, I was hell-bent on doing mouth and throat surgery. So it was like a doctorate of dental medicine in New Zealand. And I got in for it and I deferred it a year for Atelier. And Wait, you were going to go to New Zealand? For dental school, yeah. So I got into University of Otago. Wow, my uncle was a dentist. Really? Yeah. I can't see that for you. i got to be real. Really? Looking I, down I, people's mouths. I know, look, everyone says this and they're like, it's the highest suicide rate in the world. And I was like, <laughs> I'm well aware, you guys. Wow. But I did placement for a year and I loved every second of that placement. What did you have to do? So I'd assist him, like my dentist, he was also a surgeon. So um, we'd go into like the hospital early morning, we'd do surgery. I'd like watch, help him, pass him tools. I'd make notes. I feel like I can see you doing something cosmetic. Well, that's why I wanted to do the dentistry and then I would have yeah. pivoted into injectables, yes. and veneers and yeah. I yeah. see that for you. Totally, okay, this yes. makes more sense yeah. now. Yeah. So I thought it like it was like a... I can see you with your own clinic doing that. Yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. let's cut to the juice. You've been on a really saucy date. (laughs) To set the context, Bella walked in and I wasn't expecting it. She was an hour and a half late and I was like, okay, okay, there's a story here. Um, And I basically just called you on it and I was like, you've been on a date. And Mm -hmm. then you were like, okay, I actually have. I have it on date. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Okay, tell us about the date. So, tell us what you can about the date. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, met this guy um, at Coogee Pavilion. Yeah, enough. Love that for you. I was there with friends, and he was like very confident. Came up to me, and in a very non sleazy way, was like, "Yo, I think you're really beautiful. Appreciate like, where that. are you from? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was really lovely. And you can always yeah. tell when it's sincere. We always like a compliment as for well. Sure, like for that's sure. a nice thing to hear. I mean, you and know? also shout out to guys like don't think that going up to a girl and saying that is going to think we're going to you know think you're what? an asshole. I appreciate you bringing that yeah. up because that is a lost art. It is. Men don't approach anymore and I think women appreciate it. Yes, we totally. We like to be approached. Totally. But you know what it is and we were talking about 
Sydney being clicky. Yes. I think the women here can be terrifying. I totally agree. I hear that from my male clients all yep. the time and I think it's a cultural thing that we need to change because then women are also complaining that they can't get a date or meet well, a good man because like, you scare them. In a, in a like less dramatic way, it's like I feel like I can't get friends here the way I could in Europe. Yeah. It was the it's biggest cultural adjustment coming here, back here to a place where I have the accent. I'm from here. I'm a yeah. local here, not in Spain. I'm a local here. Do you speak Spanish? Pretty well, wow. but not fluent, yeah. I was like, obviously international American school, so yeah. I got to speak English at school. Okay, But at course, lunchtime yeah. and whatnot, you know, we speak Spanish. But, right, okay, okay. Um, but, yeah, no, it's interesting that it's a very um, – everyone's – and it's hard because people say, oh, but well, that's weak Australians are friendly. They are friendly. And yeah. girls, 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 Australian girls are so friendly. They'll say, how are you walking down the street getting a coffee? But beyond that, putting in the effort, implementing you into their friend group, mm. the mentality is I have friends, I don't need more. A hundred percent. And – if I was a foreigner here with not the accent of this place and everyone I have spoken to there is, I always say to them, how have you found making friends here? Not one has said good. Yeah, Every single wow. one has gone, it's, look, it's, it's been really hard. Wow. Yeah. And that's for me at least. Like I have a huge network here of friends, so technically number-wise I don't need to be on, like, you know there's like dating apps for friends like Bumble BFF? Oh, yeah. I've got clients who go on that. And I downloaded it Stop. when I came back. Seriously. Oh, so seriously. And I'm seriously from here. And I was like, what do I have to lose? Like, effort. But you're from here, but you grew up in Wollongong. So it's still Correct, like, yeah. correct. But then I'm I'm Greek. So a lot of Greek families in Sydney. So I'm a always in Greek Sydney families. for christenings. And, yeah. you know, we so like read like rabbits. Everyone's getting married and <laughs> pregnant and married and pregnant and married and pregnant. A hundred percent. There's so much going on. So, and they love to have functions in Sydney. So I was always yeah. here. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, Bumble BFFs has been such a blessing because I got to meet really nice girls and none of them are from here because that's yeah. why they're on it. Of course. So all of my course. friend group, other than my, I have my group of friends like through modelling and social media and then my group of friends that I met through Bumble BFFs, um, like one of my best friends is from Lithuania, my other one's from Milan, my other one's French, my other one's Swedish. Wow, so you've got like none a of them real are from here. international group of girlfriends. And I like I tried to bring that here because yeah. I missed it. We I share that in common so as well. Yes. We're the sort of women that like to just meet new people all yes, the time, make new yes, friends, expose yeah. ourselves to different social groups, mm-hmm. which is rare because you're right, most people just it, hang out with their clique here. Totally, yeah. totally. And I think, you know, it probably does come from a place of insecurity and like the unknown you know you don't know what this person how they grew up you don't know the norms around it so for me at least I love to learn so I'll lean towards that yeah I'll lean towards that uncertainty but some people lean away from it and I think they get threatened by it I think it's a cultural thing because if you think about it like I don't know what it's like too much in Europe but in America you leave to go to university correct right so you're forced very true very true leave your high school friendship group whereas in Sydney you just go yes. to university up the road. You drive down the road, yeah. Right? Stay at home, living at you home. Know? So yeah. it's not actually normal to look outside your immediate totally. friendship group. Yeah, because Australia is so big in itself. So, yeah. you know, you can travel an hour but still be in the country. Yeah, yeah. I remember I said this to, I was speaking on FaceTime to one of my friends from Europe the other day and I said, I'm going to go visit my family. Like, they're like, oh, how far away are you now from mum and dad? And I'm like, an hour and a half. And they're like, oh, what country? <laughs> oh, and God, I, went, I love that. Oh, sweetie, no, but it, it's... <laughs> It's just like a different town. And they're like, but it's an hour away. And I said, yeah, it's a big place, like big place. And I had explained how Sydney to Perth is six hours and that's in the same country and they just couldn't wrap their head around it. An hour away is a different country. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to your date last night. Yeah. So he approaches you. Approached me. Very friendly, very confident, handsome, Mm. British accent, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is always cute. Bella's date doesn't know it, but we're actually best friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So, and, and you're going to brief him on the fact that he's got this long lost best friend that he doesn't he does, know about. He does. Because because he's actually a bit of a TV personality. Yes, correct. Yeah. He is. He is a little okay. bit of a TV personality. And yeah. um, in all fairness, I he's on a show that you watch, but I don't. Yeah. So I had no idea. I've heard of the show. Yeah. But um, and he's the third person from this show who's tried to hit you up. Yes. 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 So yes. Third time lucky. Third time lucky. And I've witnessed him go through a few breakups, so I feel very intimately related to this man. <laughs> he just has no idea has who no I idea. am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know it yet. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know it yet. He will because we'll Correct. be briefing him. This we will week. be briefing yeah. him this Thank week. You. Correct. Thank yes. you kindly. <laughs> so yeah. No. Honestly, if I. I like don't feel like seeing him again. I'll just see you, and you can tell me about him. Honestly, I feel like you might oh my know God, more. Yeah, you know so what I mean? I'll continue yeah. to update you. One hundred percent. No, but he like has to go home. I'll just be like, oh, I kind of miss him. Like, do you want to tell me about him? And you <laughs> meet up and have a drink over it. <laughs> 
God, but like literally you walked in and you told me about it. And my first Her reaction face. was like, oh my God, can I please tell Nick? Because I literally watch him on TV <laughs> weekly. She looked at me with like this baby face. She's like, please, can I tell Nick, please? And I was like, it's fine. Anyway, met this boy and we stayed in touch. And last night he said, you know, let's go to dinner. We went to dinner. A really nice dinner. Really beautiful so dinner. So he knows how to date. He does know how to date. Yeah. He needs he to come on the podcast. Suggestion, like as oh. in, and I was, and I was, <laughs> okay, so you know how to direct. I know how to date. <laughs> I know how to date. I just like yeah. directed. Here I am thinking it's him and it was all you. Yeah. It was me. It was all me, babe. <laughs> You're a hustler, honestly. Well, I just said to him, like, you know, I know, I know from the, the few interactions I had with him, he likes nice things. He likes mm. nice restaurants. So, mm. yes, I could let him go out on a gamble and he totally would have chosen it and been, you know, quote, you quote, unquote, the man and done it. But, yeah. but I said, I said, oh, I actually mm. have some really good suggestions. And he said, oh, if you don't mind, that'd be amazing. So Did he pay? Because we, okay, we need to talk he about did, that He did and well. he didn't, like, I, I did offer. Yeah, And he okay, said, good on don't you. be silly. And when I said to him, like, oh, like, you know, the next place I'll get drinks, whatever. And he's like, Bella, like, I'm older than you and, like, I make more money. Like, he's like, I don't be silly. Like, I would yeah. never, I don't, exp- you, I don't want you to get your wallet out at all. And, you know, this is one of the main reasons for context. I wanted you to come on the podcast because you are over a decade younger than me. Mm. And I typically have only really had amazing guests who are in their 30s. And I'm yes. so curious to talk to you today about yeah. what it's like to date as a, a you know, 23-year-old. Exactly, a 23-year-old. Yeah. What, what is it like? Is it the norm for men to offer to pay? It isn't. Wow. No, okay. it isn't. And okay. it only really ever happens with um, dates I go on with much older guys. Yeah, okay. Like I was recently, example, seeing a boy um, who has, who like, and I'm not saying this, not from a place of like, yeah, he's younger, so he's a piece of shit like he's actually he's a really good heart really yeah. lovely boy yeah. and our first date like he suggested we go to like dinner drinks and and I said oh, I'm happy to book because he was busy that day we suggested the date I booked it we got there and that way you get to choose <laughs> yeah, exactly right exactly right which is interesting because I often think the person who chooses mm-hmm. should pay because mm. I have been asked out because everyone knows I was single for nine years I have been asked out by men who have chosen the place and then I have flipped the bill. And that, and sometimes I didn't even drink and that really annoyed me because I was like, yeah. you chose. No, no, no. Yeah. You drank the cocktails. Why should I be paying? Yes. No, yeah. that's not fair. That's yeah. not fair, no. I feel like if you've asked me out and you've chosen, I'm happy to offer, but I almost feel like you should uh, insist yes. on paying. Correct. Right? Correct. You and know? I think touching on that as well, if they organise the date, it's not a matter of like, if I'm seeing someone, they one have to have money and two have to take me out and three have to have the money to pay for yeah. expensive things. It's not like that at all. Yeah. It's just, for example, like if they suggest the date and they know for a fact in themselves, like I'm struggling at the moment, I don't have money, then suggest we like go for a walk around the park and get a coffee. Walk, get you a know? coffee. Yeah. I say this like I would it's not like dinner or nothing. Yeah. Like if 100%. you can't afford it, so respectful of that. Like people are in different positions. I don't think because you have a penis yes. you need to pay. I'm I'm not a believer in that. Yeah. I think everyone's circumstances are different. It's not a one size fits all mm. thing. Um, mm. I think situations come into it. Like yeah. when I've gone out with my younger friends and I can tell they're struggling, they've never asked. I'll just get the bill and like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I was like, babe, I said, and I say to them, like, if you were working as much as me full time, would you not cover it? And they're like, yeah, I would. And I was yeah. like, exactly. Yeah. I joke with them. I'm like, when you have a full time job one day, you get the next bill. Like, it all comes back through the wash. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. But you know, it's interesting because there are so many women uh, in my industry mm. who comment on this topic, yes. and there is one in particular who I actually love her content, but she's got a huge following. And yeah. then she did a video, and this actually was something that I discussed with Nick. Yeah. I sent it to him, and I was like, thoughts on this. And she basically said that because she knows her value, she doesn't offer to pay for at least the first three dates. Mm. And I just think, okay. I don't agree with that. Right? Like yeah. how can we preach feminism but then still right, sort of uh, associate our worth with something like whether they pay for our yeah. date or not, right? Yeah. Like a thousand percent. You know, it's and, and, and why do you stop like at three dates then? Yes. I'm priceless. Yeah. So like how yeah. do you you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like what scale are you working yeah. off of? Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so I didn't, you know, and, and then people celebrate that sort of mentality. And I, I have friends that won't even consider going to the date, not only if the guy hasn't paid, but if he hasn't got them there. So got the Uber. Right. Or pick them up. I mean, I'm home. into old school shivery. I Me am. Too. But you know, like if I have a son, I will be like, open totally. the doors, totally. offer to get her, you know, make her feel special. And this date last night was very like that. Yeah. And you notice it. Yeah. Like I'd go to walk out of a door, I'm not thinking, because I'm used to dating guys younger than this guy I went out with. And I just went to go to the door. He's like, oh, wait, I'll, I'll get it. And I was like, oh. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the really, little things that actually don't like cost anything. I was just about to say, it's manners. Exactly. It's so it's such a nice feeling because it's something that they're consciously thinking about and they're actually yeah. one step ahead of you and yeah and if you can't tell like I'm a bit of a pocket rocket I'm normally one step ahead of everyone else yeah <laughs> yeah when they do things like that it's like a like a really lovely surprise yes. yeah yeah and again I think that that's been kind of lost in modern dating it has yeah it so has I think I sure. cut off your story though because this younger guy that you were dating yes yes we went he was like let's get drinks dinner whatever I booked we showed up sat down and I was like hey what are you thinking you know um he's like oh I already ate at home <laughs> I went, oh, okay. um, what, do you, what do you mean you ate at home? And he's like, oh, I, like, I don't like eating out. And I was like, oh. Okay. Okay. So we just Would sat there and I was like. information. Yeah, before booking literal dinner. Yeah. Anyway, so we just sat there and um, like I said, I, I wish I could be like, yeah, he's just like, he sucks. He's a piece of shit. He's not. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a really lovely boy. Mm. But he's just very young. Mm. Like for context, I mean, I'm, only, I'm 23, he's 20. I know it's only three years, but. Mm. I feel like guys but my not, age, yeah. it's way too young for me. No, no. And maybe someone that's 30 is on my same level emotionally. Uh, yeah. Like, Mature-wise. So yeah. someone that's 20 is like, it's like going out with a 14-year-old sometimes. But think about it though, like they're two years out of school. That exactly is a right. huge difference between yes. someone who's been out of school for five years. Yeah, right? yeah. I never thought of that actually, yeah. That age Very gap true. in your 20s is actually huge, huge. whereas a 30-year-old and a 33-year-old. Like had one full-time job. I've had right? three. So right. I've had three different careers. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. It's really interesting to say that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah, um, I don't think sometimes with young guys and the way it is nowadays, it comes from a place of all men are just trash now, but unfortunately it's the norm. And two, it's the norm because I guess us as women, like, like this term sounds bad, but like like put up with it. So they don't know any different because this guy's obviously probably done this before with other girls. Well, that's my next question. Did you say something? I didn't only because I just thought to myself, you know what, this, like, and I've made that mistake growing up. I've dated guys that are emotionally more immature than me. um, And I've thought, you know, it's fine. I can fix them. I can can teach them. Every woman has to go through that lesson. It's so emotionally taxing. And I think that like, and yeah, I did it successfully and whatnot, but at what cost? Like mm. they got so much out of that relationship with me mm. where I gave so much. And yeah. as much as like giving brings like feelings of euphoria and it's a beautiful thing, it, 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 it's over time, it's really it's really exhausting. Well, you're looking for a partner, not a project. And exactly. this is not a charity gig. And yes. you shouldn't have to yes. change yeah. your partner in order to be with them, right? No. no, I know. Exactly right. No, you're 100% right. So I decided to, you know, just not hang out again kind of thing. But like I said, in all fairness to this boy, he ended up messaging me about two months later, like for another topic, something I was like, he knew I was from this town and he was asking questions about the town because I was the only person he knew from there. Mm. Gave him the advice he asked for. And then he said, also, by the way, I was thinking about our first date. Wasn't my best work. Wasn't my best work. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> literally, he did. He did. And he's like, I, it's no excuse for my behaviour. But I'd yeah. really love the chance to redo it. And I was like, that's a really... Did you redo it? I did. Actually. I did, yeah. And I, I thought that was a really, really lovely thing. And the next time we hung out, um, we, yeah, we just went to markets. And then that night, what we did was actually free because I went to his house and he cooked for me. Aww. Which again, though, that Well, I mean, beautiful. that still costs money, though. He had to uh, get groceries. True, true, true. You know yeah. what I mean? But my point is, like, obviously if he was in a position or maybe not even a position, just doesn't like to spend that money, he found an alternative. But like, fair enough, because dates are, if you eat out together, like $200 a head. In Sydney at a nice restaurant, it's it's very expensive, right? It is, yes. And so you can be creative and be like, come over for like a $20 pasta, you know, bring your own wine. Totally, yeah. You know, I I, I don't think you have to over, in fact, I don't encourage it, Mm. you know, unless you're absolutely certain there's a connection there. Like, you know, I, I don't think it's wise to no. be whining and dining dates left, right and centre. Yeah. No, it's don't true. don't know them. Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, and as you know, like this is my first time really dating. I know. When I met you, you had a long-term boyfriend who you would refer to as being very similar to my current partner. Yes. Everything yeah. I'd want my daughter to bring home. Yeah. Oh, such a beautiful way to describe it. Yeah. The best way to describe him. He was a beautiful, beautiful partner. And he treated me with nothing but love and respect for the almost six years we were together. Which is so lucky because not everybody says that about their first love. Oh, no. Right? Yeah. And to be fair, he was my third. For context, I'm only 23, but I had a boyfriend for nine years. I had my first boyfriend, 14 to 16, and then 16 to 18, and then 18 to 22. Okay. So three different boys. Again, like I said, cannot fault this guy. Um, he was beautiful. We had a really healthy relationship. I don't. I think in the six years, I 
actually can't think of a fight we even had. Mm. Like little disagreements and we laugh about it 10 minutes later. Mm. And he's the type of person that, not that I'm a, a yeller, like if I get upset, I'm not, I'm quite placid. But even if I was, I'd make jokes with him and say, like if I was to actually just be like, wah, yell at him, he'd be like, I'm going to let you calm down and I'm going to be back in 10. So just take some deep breaths. Like it's like, just yell at me. Like I want a reaction out of you, but you couldn't get one from him. And that was a beautiful quality about him. And um, it was also something I think why he was so incredibly smart at university. Like he got got the highest grades in high school for certain subjects. And it was because whilst he had the brain and the ability to study and do well, like I did, I get stressed. And that clouds my brain and it affects my grades and where he would just he just honestly saw stress as such an unnecessary emotion and he would kind of must be nice yeah must be nice (laughs) must be nice I was like yeah my chronic anxiety said no so interesting but it was like a yin and yang thing we were so different I on the weekend I'd be like let's go to a club and he'd be like well can we just go camping and I was like well that's not really the right alternative I was looking for but um (laughs) you know we'll make do so we we'd like you know do things we each wanted to do but it got to the point at the end where I felt like we were best friends and like almost roommates. We weren't living together yeah. at the end. We lived together for a bit and then ended up here and ended up moving home and I lived with friends. Um, but it just got to the point where that passion wasn't there and it's been the most rewarding but like heartbreaking lesson I've learned is sometimes in a breakup you can break up just because things fade away and you always think of a breakup, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, so who fucked up? Yeah. Like what went wrong? Who yeah. did you cheat at? Like what was the yeah. issue? Who was an asshole? Yeah. And it's the weirdest thing. It's the only relationship I've had where it's the best one and I've ended it. It's weird, yeah. you know. The other ones I never would have ended and I cheated on and I had to end. But see, and I talk about this in the podcast all the time, I mm. think that people think that just because a relationship ends, it's because something went wrong and then therefore it's a failure. But no. sometimes you're just meant to come into each other's lives, at, you know, in that at that particular time for that particular so reason, together. right? But yeah. you then inevitably grow apart, right? Because it was never meant and to last forever. Right, that was exactly. We were both at uni. We both had jobs and then we both got better jobs and then we both made more money and we were just yeah. both killing it together in our own retrospective positions. Yeah. And then it got to the point where I was like, okay, this is all well and good, but now I want to travel and I want to party. And he was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then I started to, I didn't get to the point because I prevented it happening. But I knew for a fact if I stayed there at least for another year, let alone the rest of my life, yeah. I would resent him. And he is way too good of a man to re- be resented. And same thing for me. Like I deserve to be happy and I deserve to have fun. And that's such an important part of a relationship. And in terms of on paper stability, tick, 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 tick. But that passion died yeah. out. And and it's so early. You're only, you were early 20s, right? And that's, I'm my worst, I'm my own worst enemy in that avenue because sometimes I think, why am I doing this and why haven't I achieved this and blah, blah, blah. And then a friend of mine will say the same thing and I'll look at them and be like, babe, you're literally a baby. And they're like, you're my age. And I'm like, oh crap, true. Yeah. <laughs> I am a baby. I'm yeah. like a child, I'm 23. It's, yeah, so to I'm commit so to young. a relationship that, that, you know, is lacking that passion for the rest of your life yes. would be criminal. Like the one time in my life where my hormones are raging yeah. and I'm wanting to try things and I'm so curious about the world. Like, exactly. It's, yeah, of course. And I, and I would have resented him and I don't deserve that. He doesn't deserve that. And credit to him, obviously, it ended up being amicable and it was mutual but at first I I was the catalyst for it yeah I started the conversation and um again credit to him the basic person he is he understood that um where I was coming from and ended up actually agreeing with me and now now we're just friends but at any point were you like okay I feel this way and you are amazing we should try to work through this yes and at 21 I went to relationship counseling wow yeah and I remember him being like, like he gave me that look like, you know, we're not married with three kids and a mortgage. Why are we going to a relationship? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I said, I totally get where you're coming from, babe. Because I've always, I've also been very privy to therapy. I started quite young. My yeah. um, parents are like huge advocates for mental health. And yeah. so they're, and they, they need to come on the podcast. Themselves. Yeah, literally, literally. They suffer from it themselves, sadly. So it's something that's always been talked mm-hmm. about in my home. Um, and not that his family doesn't talk about it, but it's just something he's never really done. So for me to go to a therapy session is like, you know, same old. But it was weird for him, let alone to go with his girlfriend about yeah. our relationship. It, it was a bit scary. But I said, credit but, to him, he put in half yeah. the money that which at the time we probably didn't really have. Yeah. And we went and it was the best thing, not only for me, but for him to have that third person perspective and take the emotion out of it. Because when I would say something, he'd take it personally and he'd get emotional over it, which is so fair. But then when that same woman that has a degree and has a title said mm. it, he was like, actually, you're not wrong. Yeah. And it just helped 
the clarification of the breakup to be so amicable, like unconscious complete, as you talk yeah. about on the podcast. So yeah. it was literally an unconscious coupling in yeah. a really healthy. Conscious uncoupling. Conscious uncoupling. But, you know, I think that the fact that you were able to recognize this and not stay in the relationship out of fear, it's huge because I feel like so so many people, you know, make decisions out of fear and stay in relationships that aren't aligned with them, aren't serving them, aren't making them happy, you know, but you were actually like, no, I really need to honor this phase. I mean, he is amazing, but I will end up resenting him and we, neither of us deserve that. No. Right. Exactly. And I honestly, it's not like I'm coming from a place of like, be like me, independent woman. Like I am the CEO of not being okay with being alone. I had a boyfriend for nine years by 22. Yeah. Like, yes, that happened organically, but at the same time, clearly I, as soon as one ended, I was like, okay, I need another one. Like, yeah. I, just, I needed that void to fill because yeah. I just didn't love my own company. Yeah. And it's still, and that's something I'm still working on. Like, I'm trying to find hobbies I can do in my spare time. But I love what you were saying, right? You did it, it anyway. It was so scary. And I thought I can, I can grow and I can deal with regret and I can grow and deal with being happy about my decision, but what I can't grow and deal with is what if. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's big. And that would that would have eaten me alive more than any any decision I regret or love would have done. So now I have to ask: Do you regret it? Not at all. It's the best decision we ever made. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I see him now, and when I met you know him, he was like quite a shy, nerdy engineer, and now he's like, you know, I got with this girl and this girl. I'm like, oh, you're an animal. Like we just like <laughs> we laugh about it. Like it's we have the coolest relationship and. And, I'll, and I will always be his number one fan. Like if I was to found out someone in my circle I have access to was to F him over, like I'd be, I'd have to be held back. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you'll always love him. I right? will always yeah. love him. Oh God, so much. It's, it's not a lack of love. It's just that you were exactly growing right. in different directions. Correct. It wasn't a lack of love. It was a lack of passion. And maybe for some people that's not important in a relationship. But for me and where I was at and... I think always, like at my age especially, the age I'm at with, again, rash the raging hormones and all that, but that aside, I, I don't ever want to, like, normalise, at least for me, getting to that point where you're old and stale in the relationship and it's just lacking passion, but that's just what you do when kids take over and blah. I know it's easier said than done and people are going to be looking at let's me talk like, you say years. that, babe. Yeah. You say that, babe. Let's talk in 15 years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I want to consciously try to avoid that. No, I, I I, mean, I, you, I you kiss. you it with clients, you know. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that there should, I think sometimes, you know, life does get in the way, right? Uh, kids sure, do yes. change the game. Mm-hmm. A hectic job, career, right, Mm -hmm. changes the game. And I think passion is something that you actively and consciously have to prioritize, Mm -hmm. you know, because otherwise it does take a back seat, right? Yeah, it does. But what I'm hearing from you is you actually were hungry to experience life outside of that relationship and get to know yourself outside of that relationship, right? Yeah. Um, And I think it takes courage to recognize that and act on that. Yeah. You know, and other than those three boyfriends, there's only one other guy I'd gone on a date with before that I didn't end up dating. Yeah. So it's like I'd been on one unsuccessful date. Every other one I stayed with for a minimum of two years. Yeah, wow. So I got to 22 and like, yes, I dated technically. I was like the CEO of dating. I had a boyfriend for so goddamn long. But in terms of finding myself and what I like and, you know, you, you only know that until you actually get with different people and experience different people. And even when it comes to things like avoiding toxic traits like narcissism. Mm. Like I, you know, I'd heard about it. I read into it. I love reading into psychology. I listen to podcasts like Nicole's. Like, you know, I like to think that I'm quite well-versed in that area. But at least for me, it was something that, as you know, as educated as I am in the area and as cautious I am, I ended up like dating one after after my ex of six years. And that, and even though that boy actually never cheated on me and did anything on paper that was wrong, that was the most damaging breakup I've ever been through and that's something I'm still dealing with. It was so horrible. What was horrible about it? I think he came into my life and I told him from day dot, I don't want a boyfriend. I'd only been single for Always 10 months. I'd only been single for 10 months and I want, and I, I knew I liked him. Anyone could say that. I knew I wanted to date him, but I didn't want to get into that cycle again of dating and dating and dating and dating. So I was like, just just keep it casual. And, and I said that to him. I said, if you're happy to keep this casual and hang out, um, and I told him, honestly, I said, I'm not, I, not that I have to be monogamous with you, but I, I am. Like, I'm not seeing anyone else. I don't want to see anyone else. So if you're looking for the loyalty aspect, like, you have that with me. But if you're wanting the label and everything, and mind you, I think it's important to note this boy was in the public eye. So a label would mean a lot of people knew about a label, not just, like, our small circle. And that scared me as well. So I just said, um, 
yeah, I like if you want that, completely respect that. I'm just not the girl. But he, you know, everything you'd, you'd want to hear is like, oh, wait, then. Like, I'll just, I'm happy. I want to work on your timeline. I completely get where you're coming from. He was the most attentive, loving boyfriend and also was really fun and that was something I lacked with um, my ex of six years. And not because he wasn't fun, our just ideas of fun were very different. Where this boy, I'd be like, I want to go clubbing. He's like, yeah, let's go dance. And we just had the best time together. And I, he inserted me into his life as such a, like, indispensable part of it and him into mine as well. One night he um, came over after four months of dating and the only way I can describe it to people is, like, the movie Split. Mm. He, I opened that door and the same boy that was like, hey, princess, how was your day? Big kiss, big hug, so animated because he's in the arts. He's very animated, very in touch with his feelings and I loved all those qualities about him. Um, that same boy was like, hi. And I was like, oh, like, you good? Bad day? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Let's talk. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and we'd had like a tiny little mishap the day before but spoke about it. He apologised and we got over it. And he just sat down and in like 15, 20 minutes he just said, yeah, my gut's telling me to leave you so I'm going to do that. And I laughed because I was like, what? What do you mean leave me? Like it just kind of all hit me how much he courted me from day one and the roses to my work and the poems and the pitching me on his social media that has hundreds of thousands of followers and having his agents say nice things about me and his image and being in news articles linked to him. Like it was just this whirlwind thing that he put me there. He put me in that position. I, I didn't ask for it. I didn't even really like it. And it just like all came crashing down in one second and the same boy that would cry at the drop of a hat that was so much more emotional than I am, at least from what I knew, just I've never seen a more blank expression on his face. He didn't cry. He just looked at me and was like, yeah, I'm just like, I'm not into it. And I said, have I, have I done something to offend you? Like, can we, can we work through this? And he's like, no, I just think we're too different. I'm, I'm not into it. And I like, and he said, I just feel like we've had a lot of issues for a short period of time. And I said, well, we've had two or three, and both of them resolved in, like, 20, 20 minutes, like, very little things. I said, and I said to this boy, like, in my experience with dating, because I'd obviously dated a lot more than him, um, the first three months is when, you know, relationships are weird, two completely different people coming together as a union, try to make it work. It's a weird concept. And I don't think those first three months are about how many issues you have, because if it was, no one would goddamn date, because mm. you're different and so many issues are going to arise, differences at least, better way to say it. But it's about how many you overcome, and we overcame all of them with so much clear communication and ease and... So I just said, I don't know what you're, like, you're referring to. And anyway, um, I just, I, like, I burst into tears and normally knowing this boy, if he saw me cry, he'd be like, oh, babe, come here, you know. And he just looked at me like he didn't touch me and he left and it's been four months and I've, I've never seen him again. I've never heard from him again. I've been blocked on every social platform. Um, I reached out at the one-month point and two-month point just asking, hey, can we please have some coffee? Um, it's just for my closure. I'm not here to, I respect your decision. I want you to be happy. Um, so that's totally your decision is I'm, I respect it. I'm not here to convince you otherwise. I just want to have a little bit of clarity on the situation because the silence is what's killing me because you've left me with these voids to fill with like my own time laying in bed at night in my own silence and that is the cruelest thing I think anyone's ever put me through. So, um, but yeah. Because you were blindsided. I w it was like, I mean, knock on wood, all my grandparents are alive. I'm very blessed, but I feel like I'm grieving someone that's alive. Yeah, literally. It's a death. It was, I like constant vomiting I couldn't eat or if I did eat it would just come up and I, like even though I'm like quite headstrong I didn't even miss a day of work you know like I wasn't like I'm gonna sit here and grieve I was like come on life moves on Bella like I was trying to be really good about it and not avoidant but just trying to distract myself in a healthy way see my friends eat healthy food exercise try and do everything that you do and it's my body was just like no like like and I ended up getting like a diagnosis for like an inflammatory disease my whole body shut down I'm like a healthy young individual goes to the gym all the time ended up in hospital and I do think like when it rains, it pours, at least in my life, because that happened. My job post Nick's company um, kind of went under, made everyone redundant. So I lost my job. I lost my boyfriend. Um, you know, my rent went up. The same week my roommate was like, I'm actually going to go like and move out. So I was like, I can't afford this alone, let alone if you leave. Um, so I had to find a roommate. And then I found out that, yeah, one of my exes and my best friend who were helping me through all of that started to like sext and you're joking wait your ex-boyfriend and one of your best friends uh -huh. started yeah. to sex one another yeah. did they hook up they didn't but the messages I saw that I would have rather that how did you see the messages she accidentally slipped it to me that it had happened one night with the day I lost my job I called her in tears because I called my best friend when you lose your job and um it, 
she, I brought up the fact that I ran into him and he kind of made an advance on me. And I was like, oh my God, you know, what a little horny fucker, like joking around being like, what an animal, you know? And she's like, well, I don't know why you do that if he's been texting me on Hinge. And I went, what? And she was like, oh, uh, that's what are you talking about, texting you on Hinge? And then um, found out that in these messages he'd actually said in them, like, you know, this is, uh, we shouldn't really do this or whatever, like, it's kind of wrong. And she literally had said I'm back, honestly, Bella's so, like, mentally fucked at the moment and depressed, like, she has bigger things to worry about, she won't know. Are you still best friends with her? I let, I heard, like, heard her out, listened to her, she wanted to get things off her chest, whatever. I needed a month, though. Like, I didn't even have the emotional energy if I wanted to because I had to find a new place and a roommate and work out my money and work out my life. Once I ticked all those boxes, then I had the emotional capacity and physical time capacity to actually see them and talk to them. He, from the get-go, was so remorseful, he burst into tears. He hates himself for it, where she didn't, and that was worse for me than what they did. Totally, yeah. Because he just from the get-go was like, I'm an idiot, I'm sorry, I know I didn't act on it, but no excuse, completely respect if you don't want to talk to me again. You, I think you know it's not my character. Again, no, no excuse, respect what you want to do from here was the best way you could be about it, where her reaction first up was you're acting as if we slept together. And I said, I know you didn't, and mind you this. But there was intention there. There was, and those messages, like where you're, they're like making fun of my mental state as an excuse to do something that they know would kill me. How did you see the messages? I um, asked him to send them to me. Oh, wow. Because I wanted to see. And I saw them and they were, they were honestly what I, in a weird way, even though she was my best friend and I didn't think she'd do it, it also didn't surprise me mm. in a really weird way. Wow. And I've, again, going back to the Australians being clicky and things, I've struggled really hard having friends over the years. And I think my, my little sister go through it as well and it sounds a bit wanky to say about yourself, but... I think you would know if you're a girl and you want to be friends with girls and you're not only, you know, pretty but you're actually a nice person, women will fucking hate you and they'll make your life a living hell, at least when you're young. So growing up, I just, for no reason, I was excluded and people were horrible to me. So when I met this girl, I was like, oh, my God, like, my savior. Like, I'm so glad I actually made a friend now that puts in the effort I put in. But no, so I, I heard them out and I guess it comes back to same thing with my boyfriends, like the ones that had cheated on me and I let it go. People see it as like a oh, you know, why would you Why would you do that? Or he doesn't deserve that, but I'm not doing it for them. Like if my best way to cope with it made me feel better was to be a complete bitch and shut them out, I'd do that. But for me personally, it's really hard to be mean. Like it's not, in not a way that I'm easy and I'm weak, but I'm actually more than happy selfishly to make a conscious decision to just accept that it's happened and not dwell on it because whether I cry about it or whether I don't, it's not going to take it back. Totally. And I think that, um, growing up, I've, the biggest lesson I've learned is that I have one store of energy. I don't have energy to be mean. I don't have energy to be good. Separate stores is one energy storage. And if I use that to hate someone and resent them and then I have less time to give to the people I love and do good things with my energy and that's where I just choose to you know, be civil. I'm not saying I'm best friends and I pat them on the back and be like, oh, babe, no worries, like cheat on me again. I wouldn't even care. Like, no, obviously not. But if I see them, I'll give them a kiss. I'll give them a hug. I, you know, it's fine. We have, like shared some beautiful things together and then, and that's the other thing, though, like I can sleep at night knowing that through all my relationships, um, I didn't fuck any of that up. They did. Yeah, yeah, which I think is the most important part at the end of yeah. the day because, like, we were discussing over coffee yesterday, mm. there's very little we can control in life. The oh, only God, thing yeah. we can control is our response to yes. any given situation, yes. right? And it it's sounds... all the controllables. Like, life yeah. is throws so much shit at you right. that and you're forced to sit in it and dwell on it. So, um. And I think that's the other thing, like with breakups as well, another thing I found and I give advice to my friends as well is when you lay in bed at night, that's the most painful part because you're left alone with your thoughts. Yeah. And at least for me, <laughs> that's not a good place to be when I'm not in a good place. Yeah. So I can't control that. If I could turn my brain off, I would, but you can't. But what I can do is I could, at night I'm guaranteed to go to bed and think about these things. But what I'm not guaranteed to do during the day is talk about it with friends and add to that burden. So in the day, I do everything I can in my power to distract myself and do my thing, knowing at night I'm going to have to dedicate, dedicate some energy to that thinking because it's just going to be there. But if, why would I want to double up on that? So let's go back to the guy who goes to do. Mm-hmm. It's not that long ago. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. How are you feeling about it now? It's still 
it's like it's still quite raw. Um, it's got to a point now where I'm not as sad, but I'm I'm numb. I'm not happy. Like it's to touch on it, kind of. It's almost like it strikes a nerve in my body to kind of just like stop and retract. Um, the other day I started to think about it. It's cliche as this is. A song came on we liked, and I like I was thinking about it, listening to it, and it's been months. And I've been dating other people. And I've been feeling really good, and I just burst into tears. Like I think because it's just the nothingness of it all, and it. And for me, it's just such a foreign territory to know you've hurt someone so horribly and they've reached out for help and they've said, I'm, I'm desperate, I'm confused. And to just read that text and never say anything back to me when I'm only being nothing but respectful, I'm not demanding to see him, I'm not saying, you piece of I'm, I was so nice in all my messages. I just wanted a 30-minute coffee, that's all. That would have given me so much closure and probably tracked my my closure process like a two months ahead you know but he robbed me of that and he's a he's a smart boy he, he is smart it's one of the things I loved about him and I know that he knows what he's doing and that's what kills me because he knows that I'm very um I'm so approachable I'll never judge I'm always open to communication and he knew that by robbing me of anything but feeling confusion and distress would be what eats me alive and he sat there and he chose that option knowing what it would do to me, only because I've never done anything to him. Not come from a place of karma, you know, or like I'm going to ruin her life because she's ABC. I, nothing happened. It's like he just turned off one day. And as through therapy and researching, I know that, that narcissists have a lack of empathy and that's something that they, they like he actually could have go home and, because, you know, everyone's like, babe, don't worry, he's probably at home crying. Like I don't think he was. I think he actually came over, ended it, and then was good the next day. And if he saw me that upset, he's probably thinking, Jesus Christ, calm down. Like what's so what's the deal? But for someone that's not a narcissist, you're like, what do you mean it's a big deal? Like you you positioned yourself as such an indispensable part of my life and then you just whiplashed me and completely removed yourself from it without any explanation. So I think it's like definitely a, a process. It's the it's the by far the worst breakup I've ever gone through. But by far the most probably the most painful thing I've ever gone through. Which is a big call because it you've was. had a lot of relationships. I've had a lot of relationships, yeah. And I've been through like some pretty adult heavy stuff from my young age and yeah. And I think, like, I've just taken good things from it and I think it's what's shaped me into being what people see as, like, a very, like, mature person beyond their years. And in terms of my career and work, and that's a great thing. It gets me really good jobs. It gets me higher pays. But um, I also, if I imagine my daughter being my age, I don't want her to have to be as mature as I am. Yeah. I I don't want that. I I want – I wish I was a bit more stupid and carefree, but I didn't really have that opportunity growing up because I had to – grow up quite quickly. So how are you sort of moving past that now and what does that look like? I think for me now it's about, you know, seeing like there's there are things on the other side. Like mm. you think that this like this boy or this girl or whoever you're dating is your whole world and that you're everything. And, and if you feel that way about someone, it means you're a good person and you love hard and that's something like you should feel unapologetically about. It's a beautiful quality and I don't regret that at all. But um, I think now I am ready to, like, start seeing other people, which I've started doing. Some of them have been not great. Some of them have been wonderful. And some of them have been wonderful and I've still gone, not for me, but you're wonderful. Like, there's just all these different things I'm learning and I think the more knowledge, the better. Like, knowledge never goes astray, whether you go through something bad or good. You'll always learn something from it. And if it is bad, then it's just one thing to tick off preventing in the next relationship. So, and... For me, I think it's been about just finding hobbies and doing things that make me happy and finding new hobbies. Like I said, I've always sung, but I've never written. And that's something I – I was always, like, good at writing poems and stuff in school. Like, my dad's a writer. It comes quite naturally to him, and he loves what he's good at, so that's great. Where I was really good at English, hated English, and chose to do pre-med. And my parents were like, you're literally not good at science. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, look, <laughs> we'll get there. So I, I got the, I did the degree. I did really well, but I had to work 10 times harder than most other people in the degree because it doesn't come naturally to me. Sure. So I think, like, exercising that part of myself, I've been doing, like, a lot of art, just, like, really, like, channeling my emotions through art has been a huge thing for me. Yeah, and investing in yourself. So much so. It, like, again, like therapy, you know? Yeah. It's not cheap. <laughs> it really no. is not, and I'm not loaded. Like, it's a lot of money. It is. But I, like, the way, you know, the same way I go to the gym, the same way I brush my teeth every day, and I work out my body, I need to work out my brain. Yeah. And I need to go to therapy. Absolutely. So I, I see it as the same thing now. Yeah. And yes, it's like I consider, I didn't have the money, but it, I do. I just need to budget to make it work. 
Yeah. And I've done that. And I am proud of myself for that because I think it's, you know, whilst I have friends and, like, they admit they're the worst enemy with this, they'll be like, oh, my God, I can't afford it. I wish I could go. But then they'll be like, look at this bag. I got $800. I'm like, babe. <laughs> or, like, they'll like, get high on cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Which in You're Sydney is $400. Yeah. Then, babe, there's two th- sessions there. Babe. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know? So you just need to shift your priorities. And sometimes they're not, yeah, okay, it's like, you know, a bag or like drinking as fun as therapy, not really, but long term, it yeah. is an investment in yourself and you don't see it right now. Yeah. But even the way I've grown with my therapist, shout out to Maria, <laughs> in these last four months has been incredible. Yeah, yeah. And so, what do you think the biggest learning has been from that most recent relationship? I think for me, the biggest thing was um, to question things and not in an unhealthy way. You don't never take anyone seriously and like you shun yourself from being capable of love, but, you know, whilst I saw the gifts really early on and the impeccable effort and the way he would ask me what I wanted and then completely deliver that to a T, that was mirroring. And then the really cute gifts was actually love bombing. Mm. And and it's, it's, it's really hard because you see on paper and we glorify this stuff in media and literature that these things are so beautiful and they can be, they totally can be. But I do think now from that early on when they go in that hard that early... I'm Before not saying they even know they're you. They're a narcissist for sure. I'm not saying that, but that's something you shouldn't go, oh, so sweet, I love this. You should actually sit back and go, okay, like this is this is a lot and probably clarify with them because I thought it was a lot, but I didn't do the clarifying part. I was just like, I'm not being grateful. Like I, I'm being silly and I ignored my gut and that's something I don't normally do and it was the first time in a relationship I've ever ignored my gut and it looked where it got me. So, and so what would that clarifying look like? Like if you could go back in time and he's like writing poems, sending flowers to your work, like telling you he wants to, he's willing to wait for you no matter how long it takes. What would your response to that be now? I think, I mean, in a way I would also mirror that energy. So he would, not that I would send poems and flowers, but he, you know, he'd, he'd want to hang out like to four write. days a week. So I'd want to hang out four days a week. Like I'd make, message him. If he didn't message me, I'd message him. If I didn't, if he didn't message me, we'd go, you know, vice versa. I match the energy. I match the effort, which long-term is like a really important thing in a relationship. But I think at the time I just went in so hard, so quickly without actually like to the point where I didn't actually have thinking time to sit back and look at it as a third person. And I think that was the key thing. I was in it in first person, mm-hmm. which is what you mean, what you do when you're in love with someone. You don't really mm-hmm. think about other people. Or but it, was it love, reflecting on it now? Is that love? I was. Well, he didn't love me though, and I know that now. Were you in love with him or the way he made you feel? I was in love with who I thought he was. Mm. And that's been the, the, the biggest thing to feel my closure and the hardest thing to come to terms with is that, I can't miss who I dated because who I dated doesn't exist. Wow. It's so true. And it's such a hard pill to swallow. As someone who has been love bombed that many times, it's like you're, you're like, wow, I fell for someone who simply does not exist. Doesn't exist. And I'll never gain access to that person again. But that's the thing that kind of come from a jealousy or when he moves on, that girl won't gain access because that person isn't there. No, because they choose you you and then they, they manipulate you by, by, becoming this person that they know you want they them to be. They know you want. Yeah. He knew I loved being in touch with his feminine side. So he was the, the yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a feminist. I think he is, but to an extent. <laughs> but he would like, you know, advocate for feminism. And then he knew I was open to communication. So he'd be like, babe, why don't we have a chat about this and debrief? And I was mm. like, where have you been my whole life? Like, right. you are perfect. He knew my last relationship that I loved this boy. He was amazing, but it got a bit stale and I got a bit bored. So he kept the passion alive. He kept the passion alive. We'd go out, we'd try new things, we'd dance. And it was, it was amazing. And if that was sincere, God, we would have married the boy, but it it wasn't. Mm. And do you think it's that sort of relationship is possible? Where? Like what you had with him? Oh, with someone else? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like to think so, yeah. Mm. I think so, for sure. So you haven't, like, lost hope that that no, type of relationship is possible? that's one thing I've been so hell-bent on my whole life after every traumatic breakup. I've mm. never been the person to come out of it going, men ain't shit, fuck men, I'm done. No, fuck that man. <laughs> you are still only 23, no, so men. maybe we need to get you back on the podcast I'll in 10 years. years. And I'll be like, babe, I'm a lesbian, <laughs> I, I hate men, I'm over it. Uh, no. Funny enough, when I met that boy out that night, I've told you this, I was at a lesbian club. 
Yeah. Because I am. So you were close. You I was close. close to getting I was up. close. I mean, like, I've, I've, I've got, I've been with girls. Yeah. I haven't dated a girl. Like, I haven't had emotional attachment to one. But physically, like, I would say I'm just as attracted to women as I am to men. Um, but just that that next level of commitment and relationship doesn't come for me with women. At least I say I'm not attracted to them. Maybe I just haven't met the right girl. But yeah. up until now, that's how I felt. And I was at this club, you know, really fueling that part of me, being like, women are just like, you know, I've had things, casual things with girls and it ends and you end it with a guy and it's just this whole big thing. You end it with a the girl, they're like, no worries, babe. Like, we'll keep in touch. And then you end up for coffee with them and then you go for the next month. Yeah. Like, they're just women. Are just, like, there's that, there's a lot of jokes about, like, lesbians when they break up. Like, they just break up amicably and date each other's exes. Like, it's like. Wow. They just, yeah. I'm not saying, like, ill women communicate well, but sure. it's, it's a bit more, it's yeah. a bit more common. So. Yeah. It was just funny the night I was there trying to explore that part of myself. He was there. Mm, yeah. And I joked all the time. I was like, when we were dating, I was like, I was literally trying to be in my lesbian era and you swooped in out of nowhere. And I was like, well, what is the straight man doing here? Yeah. Respectfully, this is not your territory. <laughs> Leave. So when you go out, are you looking at both men and women? Yes, but in terms of like, you know, who I've kissed and whatever, like the ratio is like, you know, one to ten, like right. girls to guys. It's mainly men. Mm-hmm. So whether it's like I just have happened to see more guys out that I'm attracted to than girls, like I don't know. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I think it's it depends on where you go in Sydney. That's a huge thing here. Like mm-hmm. you want to, if you want to go out and meet girls that are queer or, you know, like on that sexual spectrum, like, you know, insert yourself in places like Newtown and yes. Surrey Hills. Yes. If you go to Bondi, Coogee Pavilion, mm-hmm. you, there's not many queer people, at least sure. in women. Yeah. There's like the gay guys are there. They're sure. cool. But like I, you don't see very alternative sure. indie vibe, who I'm attracted to in women, the type I like in women in those places. So mm. it just depends on where you are. And do you have a different type when it comes to men and women? Yeah. I know I'd say it's quite similar. Like, because I, whilst I'm not, I guess, yes, I'm a hair and makeup artist and whatnot, but I, like, the way I dress isn't super girly and super pretty. Like, and that's only come in the last few years. It's just kind of changed as I've, like, explored myself and, like, kind of found my style. But um, with girls, it's definitely not, like, if anything, more mask than me. Right. Not, like, super pretty girly. Mm-hmm. Like, I can I can admire their beauty and be like, wow, God, she's stunning. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't want to, like, have that sexual like desire to get with someone that's more girly than me right so I guess that masculine energy is something that's common against with both genders for me and is there a part of you that would consider ending up with a woman I think when I think about long-term family kids obviously you can have all of that with a, with a woman but um the probably a bad word for it, but the power dynamic I'm attracted to is that of a man and a woman. Yeah. And interestingly. The energetic dynamic. The energetic dynamic. That's yeah. the best way to put it correct, correct. Yeah. So I like that, like, protector, provider aspect of it. But at the same time, though, I can't ever see myself being a stay-at-home mum. And not that I'm against that at all. My mum did that and I was so blessed. I had a parent at every function, every dance at Stedford because there was one always available. So I, as much as I want that for my kids... I think I, I know what I'm like coming back to having my finger in different pies. Obviously, kids, I guess it's a different story, but the same way I can't do one job and one job only and I get over it, I think if, like, my mum's incredible. She just lives and breathes for us kids day in, day out, and that, that gives her complete euphoria. And With purpose. Purpose. And meaning and fulfilment. Correct. But, you know, it's interesting because obviously I run my own business, mm-hmm. but I'm a decade older than you. And mm. so kids is like something that I'm seriously considering totally. now. And I don't think I could ever be a stay-at-home mom, but you can have both. Totally. Exactly. Right? Right. Yes. Um, it's a part-time, just just yeah. another outlet other than these little humans. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. so when I, I, so there's room to, at least for me and how I am with both partners and I think I'll be with kids, like room to almost like miss them and like have that time away for them to explore themselves on their own and meet totally. themselves on my own and then we come back together and we do our thing. But Yeah, still express your individuality outside totally. of being a mum and a wife. Totally. Right? And, I, and I hate that martyr complex where it's like you have a kid now, you can't go to the gym, you're going to get fat, you're not going to look after yourself because that's what you do, kids come first. And I'm like, I don't I don't think I'd be, a, like because I, I know it sounds, it sounds really self, like self-absorbed, but like if I was to really just let myself go be unhealthy, I don't think I'd be a good mum. No, I'd that's not a, a good really example of motherhood. fucking terrible headspace. Yeah. Living for this other person that I'm, my skin's broken out, I'm not healthy, I'm so unfit, all I do is cater to this this little one. I'd, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be doing that child any favours. For sure. It's interesting because uh, I have a guilty pleasure 
uh, at the moment, which is uh, the Real Housewives of Sydney. Oh yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you love your reality. <laughs> She loves a bit of reality. Um, but yeah, it's just a really easy way for me to switch off mm-hmm. after back-to-back clients. Yeah. Um, and your job is emotionally yeah. taxing. Yeah, you know, it's intense. Sure. It's intense. Yes. So I just like to tune out to mindless dribble and that is what that show offers yeah, me. Really um, I literally just got into it this way. Yeah. I'm two episodes in and there was a housewife on, on it who was very adamant that if you're a mum, you should not work. And you wow. cannot do both, not not unless you... It's, it's selfish to do both. Yeah, and it's going to be to the detriment of that, that child. child. Yeah. yeah. And so I had a conversation with Nick about it. I was like, what do you think, right? Mm. And I think people are divided on it and I see both sides. Totally. But I've... I think it's a really good thing to model to your children that, hey, look, mum has a career, mum has a passion, mum is hardworking. For sure. Right? You For know? Sure. Um, and I And I think it's important that younger generations like yourself know that that's possible. Totally. Right. Totally. And my mum like has definitely flown like in and out of that dynamic. Like there's yeah. been times where she's almost what she would consider let herself go because she's not in bed all day. Like she's doing so much. just not for herself. It's all for us. Yeah. But the last like, but then over time though, I've also grown up with a mum that very regularly has her hair done every week. She gets her nails done every week, spray tan every week. Oh, she's goals. Oh, yeah, she's goals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm, she looks at me and she goes, don't tan my beautiful milky skin. I go, you can't talk, mum. <laughs> Literally for 22 years you have been at the goddamn salon getting sprayed every week. So don't tell, talk to me about milky skin. So my mum's also always cared about like her physical appearance and she's always done that for herself. But only the last few years she's taken it that extra step. Like two weeks ago she went to Eden. Have you heard of that retreat? Oh, yes. Yes. Beautiful. And normally when she's done something like that, it's because she's really stressed, she's at her wit's end, she needs an escape. It's like her treatment. Where she was actually, she's been in a really good place and that's what I've been so happy about her doing this. She hasn't gone for it as a a, um, treatment approach. She's gone as, I'm in a good place, but why not? Like I can, you know? Yeah. And I was like, good on you. Like she just went, she was already feeling good and came back just feeling even better. Yeah. And, you know, we were all respectful of that and we were like, yes, lay mom, like go have fun, you know? Yeah. At least you should do for yourself. And things like that I think are so important to do. I say as a parent, like what the fuck would I know? I get that, but (laughs) I would imagine so. Have you ever found that men have either judged you based on your social media presence or been intimidated by you because of it? Not by my social media presence, but often I've had guys attracted to me from what they've seen on social media. I'm a hair and makeup artist and I model. And then they're like, what do you do for work? And I was like, oh, I'm head of operations at a med tech company. And then for some reason the conversation pivots and I don't hear anything, other questions after that. Interesting. And yeah. why do you think that is? they're happy to hear I'm doing well as a makeup artist. Right. But when I'm like this like big core, you know, big shot, but some would say job, it's instead of being like, wow, like good on you, that's fucking so, like that's hot, you know, that's amazing. They're kind of like, oh, like my job, like in, maybe they're internally thinking my job's not that big, how embarrassing. Wow. But like who's comparing? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And when you date guys, do you want them to have a better job than you or be more successful? It's only something I've thought about recently. Up until now, I've never cared. I've dated guys that are like multimillionaires. I've dated guys that are like traveling here from England, living in a hostel and can't even go to the pub for dinner because they're so poor and they're 19, like both, both spectrums. And I don't think there's like generalizations across either because I've been on dates with guys that don't have as much money and they're so generous. I've been on dates with guys that are really wealthy and they don't pay for anything. So it's like, you can't really link it into a category. And so where does this leave you with the guy that you met last night? I feel like you have to share how the day went. The day went really well. Like he, really, really lovely guy, lots of banter, which is always fun. Um, very chivalrous. Like, you know, you notice those things we said earlier in the podcast, like pulling out chairs and, and you know, obviously he's in a position where he can pay for things. I don't always expect it, but it was, you know, nice to have it done. I didn't mm-hmm. expect it, but it was a nice surprise. And, um, yeah, it, it went really, really well. But as I said, he isn't from here. He's probably going to be going back soon. But I'm someone that, like, sees every interaction I have with someone as, like, a connection, a connection and a relationship made. doesn't mean it has to be a boyfriend or nothing or a, someone I sleep with or nothing. Like, there's been guys I've seen and then it, we went our separate ways but we're still great friends. And then we'll sometimes contact each other business-wise. And I'll be like, oh, my God, I know that you know this person. You might send me their number. But because I haven't burnt bridges... Yeah. My network's huge. Yeah. And that's why I think that's a really important thing. So I don't know. I'm just going to like 
see where it goes. I feel like lately I've had like an abundance of really amazing, really mature, hardworking men around me. And I haven't had that before. I've always dated boys. Yeah. So it's interesting and it's weird to not, it's actually the best way to put it. It's bizarre to sit at dinners and not lead conversations. Wow. And actually have them be like, oh, what about this? And questions that make me think. Mm -hmm. I normally make them think. Yeah. And I'm not complaining about that. It's just like I'm okay to like, you know, hold conversations and run Mm -hmm. them. But it's been nice to be able to sit back and be like, and be asked things. Yeah. With depth. Not Mm -hmm. like what's your favourite colour, you know, Mm -hmm. but like obviously they know a little bit about my industry and I ask about theirs and you end up leaving this date and you've learned stuff. Yeah, which is what I loved about being single, meeting people and learning something from them and about myself in the process. Like if you go out and you meet a complete arsehole to narcissist, you learn about narcissists. Like anything, like anything. (laughs) Thank you for the difficult lesson. (laughs) No, seriously, yeah. You can see there's like silver linings in everything and you can take anything you want from that and you can dwell on it. Mm -hmm. That was shit, what a waste of my time. Or you can be like, wow, okay, now I know if someone does what he just did, he's probably a psychopath and I'm probably not going to do that again. Yeah. So- and I'll probably talk about you with my therapist. <laughs> Correct. And on a podcast. So <laughs> exactly. shout, out, shout out to you guys. Thank you for the Thank material. You. Thank you so much. But like we were discussing before, you know, if things don't work out with the guy from last night, I'll be able to update you on his life anyway because I, I'll be watching yep. him weekly. She watches him weekly, day in, day out. Day in, day out. Literally. Okay. So to wrap up this podcast, mm. I just would love to know one piece of advice mm-hmm. you wish you knew sooner. No closure is closure. And the only closure you can give yourself is the things you do to move on Mm -hmm. and letting go and moving on are different things. I don't think I'll ever let go of what happened. And I think it's always going to be something that like strikes a nerve in my body. And that's not something I can consciously click my fingers and do. But what I can consciously click my fingers and do is choose to move on. Yeah. So I've done that now. Yeah. Love that. And what's next for you? Next for me is... For the first time ever, I've always like dabbled in caring about my career, but I've always had a partner also to get get my time to. Mm -hmm. So now it's just like being unapologetically, I think, selfish in my career. So I want to, yeah, really accelerate my socials and prioritise. Now that I don't have the full-time job, I can take the modelling jobs that come through to me. I'm always having to say no to them. I want to go to more events. I want to travel. I want to build my network. Um, I want to maybe do a master's in sexology, just some have something on the side I can, because like I love how you have clients and you meet with people and I, and I see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, though, it's like something I could do twice a week. I don't have to do it full time. And I love totally. it and I want to set up a life for myself where um, I'm not relying on one industry in one nine to five. So navigating my way on how I do that and maximize how much money I can make from those different things. That's where I think I see myself the next year. Well, I cannot wait to see what's next for you. Thank you so much for coming on Love Uncensored. It's been an absolute treat having me. I've loved every second of it.